huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, this is possibly one of the most serious videos and podcasts I've ever done. I'd ask that you watch this and listen very carefully if you've ever felt down, depressed, or worse, worthless. If you've ever felt like giving it all in, throwing the towel in. If you ever question, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and you feel like you're just not getting anywhere and you've, you know, you're... Everything seems to always be uphill and a struggle and you, you feel like you can never see a way out and it's lasting and lasting. And, you know, then if you've ever felt like that, it's really important you watch this. Now, um, many people who follow me are entrepreneurs, but of course they have family. You know, they have things that go on in their personal life, which maybe they don't publicize. One of the curses of being an entrepreneur is that, you know, everything's on you. You've got to earn the money. You've got to pay the mortgage. You've got, you're responsible for the staff. You're responsible for the customers. You're responsible for the brand, your reputation. You've got no one telling you what to do. So sometimes you're like, well, I'm just shooting in the dark here. I've never done this before. You know, and, and sometimes being an entrepreneur is hard. Now, of course, the upside is it's exciting and you get the freedom. But isn't it ironic that when you get the freedom, you're like, I've got no structure and I've got, you know, I, I can get to the end of the day. And it's like, what have I actually achieved? Because I've got no one there guiding and supporting me. You get challenges all the time. And it's like, you've got to deal with them all yourself. There's no one there picking you up. Going, it's all right, Rob, I've got your back. You know, I've, you know, like, no, it's, it's, it's on you. Because you're the entrepreneur or you're the parent, you know, and sometimes you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And why can't someone just come and help me and give me a pat on the back and lift me up? Man, especially you women, you mumpreneurs, you know, blimey, honestly, I don't know how you do it. Much respect to you. So if you're feeling down, depressed and worthless, the reality is that you're not actually. Uh, and that's not for me to demean how you may be feeling. It's just that you're only looking at the downsides of what's happening right now or what's making you feel like you're feeling. You know? So I'll give you an example. Let's say that you had a really difficult client and let's say that they were publicly naming and shaming and you know they were just really hard and they were horrible to your stuff. That's just a random example, by the way. 
well, you see all the downside. It upsets my staff. You know, people see it. It could ruin my reputation, etc. And so, of course, that makes you feel low. But actually, this person making this comment could be someone who's really been holding that in, that they haven't had good service at all. And no one's been telling you, but now someone has finally told you that there's something wrong with your systems, your processes, or your customer service. That could be one thing. It could be that actually they're not your ideal client at all. They shouldn't be your client. And they've kind of made them it public, and now you can give them a refund, offer them a little bit more as an, you know, an apology and a white uh, flag, if you like, and say, thank you. Now, I, I think you should move on to my competitor. But you know, it might just have actually highlighted to you that they are not the right client. The next upside is that it teaches you to be strong, to be calm, to not be emotionally volatile you know, to, to deal with these situations well. And, you know, like I used to think as I got better, things would get better. The reality was not the case. As I got better, I just brought in bigger challenges. It was like I've just earned more stripes and badges for more shit. It's like, come on, I thought I'd solved it all. But oh, no, 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 you solved that problem. Here's your reward, Rob. A fucking even bigger problem. Take that because you can handle it. And that's the important thing. The world, the universe, your clients, your customers, your market, you know, whatever. They will hand you bigger problems because they know you can handle it. But you can't handle it if you don't deal with your smaller problems. So, you know, there are lots of things to learn. So they're just three examples of upsides in an, in an area that you only see downside. There is never only downside. Have you had a bit of a, what might we say, um, psychotic X or, or excitable X is probably the more PC version. Well, if they were emotionally volatile and all over the place, I bet the sex was good. I bet you it was. Um, you know, you've probably had um, exes who were not great, but there were things that were good about them. Let's say you met someone, you thought they were beautiful, you lifted them up on this pedestal, oh, look at them, everything is great about them. And then 15, later, 15 years later, you're divorcing them and nothing is good about them. And then you see someone else, you're like, oh, you're perfect. Oh, I think I'll have you. 15 years later, you're divorcing them. No one has all upside and downside. No event has all upside and downside. So I've got a little exercise for you. And stay with me because I've still got three more points. Um, and I'm purposefully not rushing this. I'm even talking slower. So exercise number one is if you're having a challenge, if you're feeling down, depressed, etc., get a piece of paper, put a line down the middle. And of course, on the right hand side, you can just dump out all of the problems. I hate my life. This is terrible. I'm not making much money. You know, my rep reputation is getting damaged. You know, like I can't see the end. You know, it's relentless. Of course, you know, but it's actually good to write those out because it's catharsis. It's like you shouldn't store all this in. And I had a conversation with someone this morning who, you know, sometimes the people closest to you, his family, he maybe doesn't feel comfortable talking to them. But, you know, he's been a friend of mine for um, what, 15 years. We used to um, beat each other up sparring. And, um, you know, like I think he felt more comfortable talking to someone who's not immediately close to him. But if, if you don't get it out, you don't talk to people, you don't get, you know, even if you just write then you bottle it in and in and in. And that's when we have breakdowns and that's when you get really stressed. And, you know, when you can feel almost your blood feels like acid, you just feel so bad inside. And I don't want that, you to feel like that. So on that side, you write down all the shit and you get it out. And it does actually feel a bit better. But this is the important bit. On the left-hand side, you write down all the benefits of this situation. And of course, I listed three. I'll list you another one of my previous example, which was if you're getting really bad criticism from customers and it's public. Well, actually, that is your opportunity to show everyone in public that you're calm, 
that you're um, reasonable, you know, that you're mature, that you're professional. So when like the swan, who's all graceful above the water and kicking and screaming underneath, you know, when you're acting like that, all the rest of the market can go, wow, look at you, Rob. You know, you handled that very maturely, you handled that very professionally. I would have melted down, but you handled it very well. And then the fifth thing is you could then turn that unhappy client into a raving fan. Now, some of the raving fans we have at Progressive, you know, people I know who might have invested 70 or 80,000 pounds or more in all of our products and services over the last, some of them a decade. I can think of a good few who were quite critical at first. They were skeptical. You know, they might have made some public outbursts or, or trolled me a little bit. Or when I, at a public speech, they might have been a bit of a heckler. And of course, in my early naive and inexperienced days, they were like, oh, taking it all personally. <laughs> Um, but they slow down the swan, stay graceful. And, you know, many of them then become your deepest followers and fans. Because remember, you know, the people that are already your fans, they're already your fans and they're easy to win over. The people who are glass half full and all positive, they're always going to see the best side of you. But if someone is sceptical and then you prove them that, that it's wise for them to invest with you, uh, you've probably got more trust and something deeper. Because remember, they're, they're still going to be sceptical of everyone else. So therefore, they stay with you because it's harder for them to leave you because it was harder for them to leave whoever they were with before. So there you go. There's just five examples on that left hand side of the piece of paper um, that are, you know, are great upsides in the challenge. Now, I think logically, and when there's not the real pain that we all sometimes experience, and we all do, and I'll talk to you a bit about that in a moment, it's easier in the light of day, isn't it? You know, when you're not feeling so good, but when you're feeling worse, you're like, oh, fuck that, well, I'm not doing that. That's a waste of time. Right, a list of a piece of paper. That's a load of bullshit. Because, you know, that's how you feel in the moment. Um, but of course, let's uh, just try and be aware of that up front and know that you're not going to feel like doing it. It's like you don't feel like going to the gym when you're tired. But actually doing it, how will you feel afterwards? Uh, and you know, often, um, you know, we're like, for example, just a random example, when I'm not really feeling like going to the gym, I've tried to reframe it in my mind where it's like my best workouts are the ones where I didn't feel good. I didn't feel like it. I was tired. I probably did a really shitty workout. I didn't lift much weights. I wasn't very strong. I was probably playing on my phone for five minutes for every one set. But I did at least a half workout when normally I wouldn't have done. So I'm, I'm trying to change the way I compare myself to myself. So this brings us on to point two of four. Um, and like I said, I'm not rushing this video, but I want you to stay with me. So point two or four is all depression or feeling of worthiness or frustration or that things aren't going fast enough and all these things that we feel, the beating up of ourselves, they're all simply a comparison to an unrealistic expectation of what we've set on ourselves. So if I'm feeling really tired and I drag myself to the gym and I do a pretty shitty workout and I go, that was a shitty workout, I'm comparing. Two of the most common questions I'm getting asked at the moment is where do I buy my watches and where do I buy my gold? People don't know this, but I've invested in gold for 17 years. If you go back to 1971, the birth of fiat currency, the devaluation of money, money's gone down by 85% in value since then. But you could buy one ounce of gold for about $30, which peaked at over $1,500. Gold is a great defensive asset class. Gold is a great hedge against the matrix and the system. It's a great hedge against inflation. And I've finally found someone who I am now partnering and has become a sponsor on the show. And that is Josh Saul of The Pure Gold Company. He has a special offer where you can get a complimentary investor guide and book an appointment to get your own private consultation at pure-gold.co forward slash Rob hyphen more. I buy my gold from this company. So if you'd like to just buy the gold or get the investor guide, go right now to pure-gold.co forward slash Rob hyphen more. Big shout out to the Pure Gold Company for collaborating and sponsoring this episode.
comparing it to my best workout. But that is not an equal split test. Not that you split test yourself going to the gym. Because it's easy when you're buzzing, when you've had a coffee or your gym drink and you've had good news and you're down the gym and your partner's there and the weights are good and you know, all the ladies are in the gym and they're checking me out and I put an extra couple of plates on the bench. And check me. Anyone could do a workout then. That's easy. Bleh. But most people don't do a workout when it's hard, when they're tired, but you just did. So what you do there is you change what you're comparing to. So, you know, I said to the friend of mine who I had this call with this morning and, I, and, you know, he's having some challenges and they're real. But I said to him, if you've just come back from Sierra Leone for the last five years where, you know, you don't, you've not even had a bowl of rice a day and all the water that you were drinking was full of diseases and, you, you know, you, were, you just spent your life starving and then you came over to the UK, but you were in exactly the same position you're in now, you'd be loving it. You think you've got the best life ever. So many entrepreneurs, this is the curse of being an entrepreneur. We are comparing ourselves to all the other entrepreneurs who look like they're the swans above the water. Um, you know, we're, we're comparing ourselves to where we want to be because we've set these big unrealistic goals. Um, you know, we want things faster, easier, uh, and we get frustrated when it doesn't happen quick enough. So actually, we're setting ourselves up for feeling down, lack of worth, etc. So I would say to you, yeah, by all means, have big goals, big vision, you know, challenging targets. But then compare yourself to where you were yesterday rather than comparing yourself where you should have been today. Because you shouldn't have been anywhere today other than where you are. And if you think about it, you know, depression, which can become worth and lack of worthiness, which can become suicidal thoughts, which can become, you know, manic, depressive, all those things. It's just when you're, there's a bigger gap between where you perceive you are and where you perceive you should be in your life or how you perceive things should be, especially when you can't control them. And it's even worse when you're trying to control a situation that you can't control, like your kids. You know, sometimes when you lose it with your kids and you feel bad and you start beating yourself up, but your kids are your kids, they're their own person. You can't control them. I can't control mine. You know, I shouldn't speak for everyone. I can't fucking control mine. So, yeah, you know, so um, I remember one time I um, lost it a bit with Bobby and had a bit of a shouting match at him and, you know, we were sort of wrestling with his golf clubs and I pushed him away and he fell over. And I felt really, 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 really awful about that. Awful, awful, awful. Um, and I got in the car and, you know, we both sat there and sulked. And I immediately got my phone out uh, and I went on to Audible and I bought every parenting audio book that I could find. Because I thought, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I, you know, like that was, you know, I just, I, I need to get better at this. And, and then I started listening to a lot of parenting books and got better at it. You know, of course, I'm not perfect. And, uh, you know, so that was an upside in the downside. And now when I'm in a similar situation, you know, I've, I've not pushed him since. I mean, I didn't mean to push him over. I'm not bullying my kid. But, you know, I'm like, get out of the way. And, um, you know, he's only, he was only five at the time. And, yeah, and so now if that happens and I keep my cool, I'll have a little word with myself. And I'll say, do you know what? You did good there. Well done, Rob. You know, three years ago, you never would have been able to handle it. You'd have lost the plot. Well done, Rob. Now, I'm my harshest critic, and I'm always you know, giving it to this to myself. You know, did you do that? Why did you say that? You know, like, you know, like there's enough of critics for, for us out there. We're all, you know, if we're going to be successful, we're going to have critics. So why? You shouldn't be your harshest critic. You should be your biggest fan. So often you're always catching yourself doing things wrong. Oh, I messed this up. I messed that up. You know, I'm not where I want to be. So I would give you uh, another. Um, yeah, uh, Gomez just said, stop bullying yourself. Exactly. I'm sometimes my biggest bully to myself. Why? You know, there's everyone, there's my critics for that. That's their fucking job. And they're fucking good at it. But you ain't winning, you bastards. 
All right, so instead of catching yourself doing things wrong, because you know people always say, oh, look at what you did wrong, look at your mistakes, improve them. Catch yourself out doing things well, give yourself a bit of pat on the back, have a little bit of a celebration, reward yourself. Because life isn't easy, raising kids isn't easy, being an entrepreneur isn't easy. Now, it's the easiest hard work in the world, I think, because I love it. Um, But catch yourself doing things well. Okay, so next point then, is when you feel like you have no worth, that is not true. Because simultaneously, somewhere on this planet, someone is critiquing you, trolling you and hating you and standing against you. And simultaneously, someone is loving you, lifting you up. They're being your biggest fan. And that will always happen to keep you in balance. You need critics to keep you humble and you need fans and followers to lift you up to give you confidence. You know, that seems to be the the natural balance and order of how we interact uh, with each other. So you're only looking at people who don't value you. You know, you've let your family down. You've messed up this business opportunity. You've lost this deal or this money. You know, your your kids aren't going to respect you. Your partner doesn't respect you. You know, you're worth nothing. But no, actually, um, simultaneously, there are equal amounts of people who are going, you're awesome. I'm inspired by your work. You're going through challenges and you look like you're dealing with it very well. You've really lifted me up. Now, um, as I get better, I get more and more and more fan mail. I get, as I get bigger, I get more and more and more fan mail. And it's an amazing to see. I, you know, I, must, I do get a lot of uh, comments and posts saying how I've helped people. And, you know, like I don't want to take the credit. I want to give them the credit for stepping up. But uh, also what increases is my critics, trolls and haters. But they're not critiquing and trolling and hating me because, you know, like they critique and troll and hate everybody who they perceive is like me. So it's just, I'm just a version of something in them that they haven't owned or that, they've, that they don't like or, you know, I, I stir in them something that happened to them, you know, in, in the past that, you know, has, has hurt or upset them or makes them feel a lack of worth of themselves or whatever. So it's, it's never a personal thing. So when you feel unworthy, remember, there are people that are lifting you up and feeling that, that you're amazing. Uh, and, you know, you look at the failures uh, that you, the things that you've let down, you know, to other people in, in your family and friends circle and business circle. But actually, you never let anyone down. You know, now, if you believe that life is this amazing, perfect, infinite thing, you know, which I don't think any of us can explain, even though we try. I mean, if, how amazing is life? And, um, you know, like everything is in this amazing, perfect balance for us to continue to survive and evolve. So if you take that belief, then everything you do is not a mistake. You know, so if you're a bit overly hard on your kids and you feel guilty, well, actually, you probably served them because you made them dependent and strong. You perceive when you're nice and warm and fluffy to them that it's a good thing. But the downside would be that, you know, maybe, um, you know, you've made them a bit dependent. So uh, in every situation where you're feeling like you're losing and you have a lack of worth, the reality is it is how it is supposed to be. There is an equal balance of lessons and upsides, which, you know, you've just got to see. And you're serving the people you think you are letting down. And also, even if you don't believe it, surely that's the best thing to believe. Because, you, you, you know, like, what else is going to serve you? Oh, I'm a loser, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going back in my hole. That doesn't serve you. That doesn't serve the people who rely on you. That doesn't serve paying your mortgage. That doesn't serve, you know, making your kids and your family proud of you. That doesn't serve you getting more customers. And um, so actually, whether you might even be deluding yourself a bit, a bit and being naive, oh, my, my, mess up, my mistakes are serving people. But it's the only way that you're going to get back up. It's the only way that you're going to go and start becoming successful again and turning things around. So sometimes maybe you do have to be a bit naive and delude yourself and fool yourself and talk to yourself. I'm doing it all the time. So did you know that Oprah Winfrey was raped when she was young? 
Did you know that Richard Dyson got, I think, uh, nearly, sorry, James Dyson, uh, got nearly 20 million in debt before he finally, you know, got his vacuum cleaner and his patents and his products out there? Did you know that Abraham Lincoln's uh, son died when he was four? I mean, how, how could you even, how could you even survive that? Uh, and I believe his uh, second son died. I believe his wife left him. He got rejected and rejected and he failed and he failed. And every, all the Congress and the state legislature that he went for, he lost every single one until he was, what, about 50 years old? And then he became the president of the United States of America. And, um, you know, so if you're going to compare yourself to people, you know, by um, putting yourself down and looking at others going, oh, aren't they great and amazing and how well they're doing? Or you're going to compare yourself to people and go, oh, well, they're lying, they're scammers, they're schemers, you know, whatever it is that you're comparing yourself to that doesn't serve you and doesn't lift you up. It is wise to be balanced and look at the upside of that. What's the upside, you know, of all these challenges that you're having? But also compare yourself to those who are struggling. You know, you look at Oprah and you think, wow, she's amazing. She's successful. She's an inspiring woman. And maybe then that can make you feel like you're not enough. But actually compare yourself to her uh, by saying, well, you know, she's had real hardships. And, um, you know, and therefore I feel lucky and grateful for everything that I've got in my life. Now, someone I've always put on a pedestal and I always thought was amazing and is amazing is Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my all time heroes. Uh, and I was very lucky that I got to meet him and spend a good amount of time with him, talking to him, taking for, having photos taken with him, you know, etc. Probably, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes. It was a great experience. And I don't know if you've seen the photos of me with him, but he's a lot shorter than me. Of course, in my mind, he was six foot eight and buff and everything else. Uh, and he's probably five foot nine or ten, a lot shorter than me. And I thought, mm, yeah, Rob, you know, yeah. And also, because I, I could see down on his head. Uh, and he, he's, I think his hair would have died. Now, I still love Arnie. I think he's awesome. But the point is, you know, like, I'm taller than Arnie. You know, I've got... There's things about me that are me that, you know, like I shouldn't compare myself to him and just put him way up here and put me down. Because if, if you over pedestalize people, then you deposition yourself. But if you deposition yourself, um, then you have the opposite problem. So, again, we're looking at this balance of see that everybody has equal skills and talents and uniqueness. If you see that everybody on the planet has equal skills and talents and uniqueness and value and you admire everybody, then you don't over pedestalize them, which compares yourself to them, which makes you feel depressed and unworthy. You put us all on an equal level and it keeps you balanced because often it's the um, emotional highs and lows that create the depression. You know, so like, you know, sometimes it's the real highs, you know, that can make you really low. Now, it's my dad's birthday today and he's what, 73, 74 and I feel lucky every day to have him. I'm scared every day that he might be gone. I don't know how I'm going to handle it when that day comes. That's the scariest day of my life, along with, you know, anything that might happen to my family. But, you know, my dad's had bipolar and he's had a good few years, actually. But, you know, if you'd have been speaking to me five years ago, it was a, it was a hard time for our family. And, you know, sometimes when dad was at his highest, you know, and everything was great and he was just excited about everything, we knew that's the dangerous time because, you know, like what must go up? must come down. So oh, for, for those of you that are like me, that get really excited, that are quite emotional, ding dong, high and low, high and low, like some kind of, you know, epic tennis rally. It's also wise to just keep ourselves a bit more calm in situations, not get overexcited. People who get overexcited when they're looking at doing joint ventures, don't do diligence, don't do research, chuck their money out without getting personal guarantees. And then they have the come down when it's all a reality, for example. So let me summarize this then, and I hope you found this useful. So um, if you're feeling down, depressed, 
uh, and you have no worth or you feel like you have no worth, it's just a stage in your life. We all have to go through those stages. The lessons are there to teach you to grow, to be stronger, to um, evaluate your strategies. What put you there in the first place? Take full personal responsibility. Is no one else's fault uh, that you are where you are. And I'm not saying blame yourself and beat yourself up, but you've got to go, how did I create this? How did I attract this? Therefore, what do I need to do to change? So the the lessons are there. They'll keep showing themselves until you own them. Now, when you own them, they disappear, but they come in the form of a different problem, a different way, and it's bigger. Um, So own it, work out what you can do to change. Remember that if you're struggling, there are people on this planet that are being inspired by you because you inspire people when you're a success, but you inspire people when you're honest about your struggles because then they feel honest about their struggles too. And when you show vulnerability, they show vulnerability. And you know, they find that motivating and empowering. So actually through your struggles, you can motivate and inspire people as much as you can through your strengths. Um, you're only worthless if you're comparing yourself to where you used to be and where you want to be. So if you were a millionaire and then when you, you went bust and you felt like you, you, know, you had no worth, it's only because you're comparing yourself to where you were two years ago. Why didn't you compare yourself to where you were 20 years ago when you were bust? Why didn't you compare yourself to five years time when you know you'll be absolutely you know, rocking it back in the game you know, and right up where you deserve to be? Where there's someone challenging you and hating you and trolling you and critiquing you somewhere simultaneously on the planet, there'll be someone loving you and raving about you and supporting you and, you know, fighting your cause. There's always an upside to the downside. So if you do that exercise of looking at it, then uh, you will find it. It will get you more into balance. And then finally, you know, count your blessings, count the things that you're grateful for. You might be having a hard time in business and not making much money, but if you've got healthy kids and, you know, if you're still, if your heart is still beating, you know, then you can go out there and make a difference. So never give up. You know, remember why you got into what you're doing. Always go back to the reason why you got into it, because that will motivate you to keep going when you're thinking about throwing the towel in. And also, what's your vision? What's your purpose? Why, you know, where do you want to be? People always ask me, how do I get out of a hole? Why did, you get in, why did you get into this thing in the first place? What was the reasons for getting in? Because, you know, that's how you get yourself out of the hole, tuning back to what you, the reason you got into it. And then on the upside, where am I going? You know, what am I... Um, you know, what's my mission? What's my vision? What's my cause? If your cause is big, bigger than you, it's bigger than your problems. You're having problems, you're having challenges, you've got a few complainants, but you've got this global mission. Well, that just makes your problems insignificant and fall away like sand. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I know it's been a bit of a different episode, but I think these things are important to say to get out there. If you ever have any struggles or difficulties or challenges, if you're ever feeling alone, reach out talk to someone. I would quite happily, in fact, it would be a privilege for me to be that person. So if you're struggling, email me at rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. Tell me how, you know, how you're struggling. Um, If it's really going bad, we'll have a call. I had a call with someone this morning and, um, you know, I'll do my best to help you out. Um, I've been really busy writing books and launching uh, trainings, but, um, you know, in the next few weeks over Christmas, I'm not going to be so busy. If it needs to be Christmas Day, it'll be Christmas Day. I don't care Um, because sometimes we just need someone to say, hey, you know, I'm there. You just need to know that I'm there. And hopefully I know that you're there because I'm going to have some dark, shitty days in the future. And I know if I go and post videos about it or go into the community and I'm open about the shitty days I'm having, I like to think that you're there for me too and that we're there for each other in this crazy, disruptive entrepreneur community that we have. So don't be scared to email me, rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk if I can help with anything. One guy sent me like an unbelievable story of all the shit that he's had going on when he saw one of my videos. And I was like, oh, and it hit me right in the heart. And um, he, he wanted to get his daughter to go to Paris because it was a dream of hers and he couldn't afford it. And it, anyway, I, so I, I offered to pay. Um, and, you know, like I, I was really grateful to have the opportunity to be able to do that. So, hey, don't all go asking me for money and don't give me some, you know, because, whoa. But, you know, like, let me help you. Uh, and, um, yeah, let's get through this. 
because I tell you, it gets better. It gets better. We had the shittest second quarter that we've probably had in our business. Um, you know, so quarter two in progressive property and unlimited success, success, they were hard and we bowed through uh, and, you know, we had challenges. And, and when I say hard, there were a lot of great things and I learned a hell of a lot. And, you know, um, I'll probably do a live feed on it sometime. We've had a fantastic last quarter to the year. And Mark and I and Catherine, my MD, you know, who's amazing. We just, we had a board meeting just this morning and we said, you know, do you remember when it was hard? And I said to Mark, you were right to do what you did when it was hard. He reduced the costs. You know, we had to um, let go of some, a couple of staff members and just thin things down a bit. And, you know, he was on this big cost cutting mission and he was right to do that. But I said to him, Mark, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. I know we're going to get through this. A lot of the money we've spent, which seems to have, you know, we, you know, we, we actually did just about make profit, but man, it was hard. I and mean, we were turning over, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand pounds a month and making no money. I mean, it's like, that's insane. And um, yeah, we, we had this great quarter because we kept going. We kept going. We kept going. We kept going. Now, it's easy for me to keep going because oh, I, this is what I want to do. This is, I love to do this. I even love the challenges, the difficulties. I even love sometimes when people start, you know, mouthing off and making some erroneous, flippant comments on social media. I like having a bit of a banter with them. I like trying to help them because, you know, I know, you know, like there's loads of people at the moment. Oh, I can't get my account set up on Bitcoin, you know, Bitstamp, Coinbase. Oh, the world's over. I'm chucking the towel in. Oh, where's my login for your crypto course? But, you know, I understand that those people are just excited. They just want to get in. They just want to get started. They know that if every minute they're not logged in, Bitcoin's doubled uh, um, or, or in the future halved. So I understand. Um, and it took me 11 years to learn that because I was used to take everything so personally. But it's not personal. It's not about me. When people rant and moan and complain and when things are difficult and when people rant and moan and complain at me and when they go, they go at me, you know, they, 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 they challenge my identity. It's not me. You know, they've had a bad day. They've, there's shit going on in their lives. How do you know that they're not, they're not having real hardships at home? You don't know. Actually, probably 80% of the time when any of our staff members are going through a bit of a blip in their career, they're not motivated. You know, they're, they're finding it hard. Um, you know, maybe they're not quite delivering on their deliverables. And actually, when you care to look into it, 80% of the time, it's because they're going through some really bad stuff at home with, their, you know, their children. Or, you know, it could be that the children are being really badly bullied at school, or they could be they have real health challenges, or they've had a, a marital breakup, and they're going through that. And so it really changes how I perceive them, because instead of looking at them going, oh, well, you know, you had this deadline, and you had these KPIs, and you're not delivering, you know, I'm your boss, which I might have done 10 years ago. Actually, now I think, well, how can I help you? Um, because I know if I can help you, you'll get back in the game. You'll appreciate me more. Uh, and, you know, we'll probably build some loyalty together there. Now, I'm not perfect, by the way. I'm saying, you know, I'm trying, you know, like uh, I'm sure I make mistakes from time to time and everyone has emotions. So, um, but I just want you to know that we're all going through it together. I'm probably one of the more public people in the, you know, in the influencer or the property or the personal development or the online training, you know, the personal brand space or the, the podcast space, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, it helps me as well as hopefully helping you. Uh, so you inspire me. So thank you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. Boom. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. I know there's some people out there struggling, not just you watching and listening. So please don't do it for me. Don't even do it for you. Do it for them. Please share this. Share this video. Share this podcast. If we can get it out to one person, you know, who's feeling at their wits end and it just lifts them up. What a great gift that would be. I rarely, if ever, ask you to share my work. You know, maybe one in 50 posts um, I might ask you, but I, I really would ask you this time to share this podcast and share this video 
um, because, you know, we could go out there and we, we could make a great difference and that would feel amazing. All right, so I have to go now. It's our Christmas party tonight and I don't drink, but it's a lot of fun watching all my team get absolutely hammered and tell me shit they know they wish they'd never told me. And then when I see them on Monday morning, they look at me and they go, oh, I just told the boss that. It's hilarious and I love every minute of it. So thanks for tuning in. See you soon.